Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church podcast. Thanks for checking out our message this week. Today's message comes from Jason Laskum, assistant to the superintendent of Pentecostal Assembly of Canada in the Eastern and Nunavut district. Let's begin. It is so good to be here today with you. My name is Jason Luscom, and I'm grateful for the invitation from Pastor Jeff and his entire staff and team that are helping us today to be able to bring you the Word of God. Pastor Jeff invited me to come for Pentecost Sunday weeks ago, and at that time we thought we would be here live in person, but there's been a few changes since then, if you've noticed. And, uh, but the good news is that as we're coming to you today, we're also coming to a number of congregations all throughout our district. And so uh, this is going to be a wonderful time, and it's Pentecost Sunday. There's Christmas, there's Easter, and there's Pentecost Sunday. These are my three favorite Sundays of the year, and it's such an honor for me to be able to bring you God's Word in order to do this. And I want to say this right from the very beginning, even before we open the Word of God together, that this is going to come across different because we're in a different time, but God is able to touch you where you are. We're not going to be laying hands on you today. And we're not here all together in one place, but the Holy Spirit is sent throughout the whole earth and He is available to touch any heart who's hungry and willing for Him to touch you. And so I want to encourage you. There was a pastor in the States and uh, he was very discouraged when he had to lock down his church because he didn't know how God could move. And he left and he went and he preached in front of a camera just like I'm doing with you right now. And when he got home, his wife said, ever since you were preaching on TV, our son has been crying because of the touch of the Holy Spirit upon his life. Friend, that is my faith for me. That is my faith for you today as you hear this message, that God would touch every heart. He would touch every life that would hunger and thirst after him. So we're going to come to God's Word, and I'm going to read you three passages of Scripture. The first one is found in Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 5. It says, All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Verse number 7 says, John announced, now hear this, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jump over with me to Acts chapter 1. Starting in verse number 4. Jesus, when he was eating with them, he commanded them and he said this. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse number 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? But Jesus replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and time, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One more scripture, John chapter 16, verse number 7. 
This is kind of like the middle of those two scriptures, and this is what it says. But in fact, this is Jesus saying, and he was telling his disciples that, it, that he was going to go away, and they were sad, and he said these words. And, and allow this to get into your heart today. But in fact, it is better for you that I go away. Because if I don't, then the advocate won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you on this most special day. Pentecost Sunday, a day that marks the change and the launch of the church and a new era of history. And Father, I thank you today that that God, we're not here just to look back, but Lord, we're looking forward on what you have for us as your church in this last hour of time. So God, help me to get out of the way. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us what we need to hear. Wake up your church today. Wake me up. Wake all of us up that we would come alive to the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit that is for us and for those that would hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we see in these three scriptures is we see a handoff. So John the Baptist, he was ministering and people were coming out to the Jordan and they were watching him and they were listening to him. But John knew that he was just the messenger. His job was to prepare a path for to help the one that was to come, who's Jesus. And so John said, listen, stop looking at me. Look to the one who is coming. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. But when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then we read in, in Acts, when Jesus, when he was getting ready to ascend, he now changes the focus off of him to the Holy Spirit. And he says, listen, I'm going away, but wait for the promised gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you and to, and, and to cause you to be ready to be my witnesses. And so we see right from the very beginning that Jesus' plan as he was launching the church was he was taking the baton of ministry. As John was leaving, he gave the baton... He, he gave his baton to Jesus saying, now it's your turn. Jesus came on the earth. He established himself. He established his ministry. He established a new church. And when it was time for him to go, he passed the baton to you and to me and the early disciples. And he says, I got to go. But it's better for you that I go. Because when I leave, I'm going to send the promised Holy Spirit. Friends, those words in John chapter 16, verse number 7 must have been crazy for the disciples to hear. They were the ones who were with Jesus day in and day out. They got to walk with him. They got to eat with him. They had a front row seat everywhere they went for miracles, signs, and wonders, hearing the very words of God. It was Peter who said, Lord, where can we go? You hold the words of life. They loved Jesus. Anytime they got into a jam, Jesus fixed the problem. Anytime the religious people came and attacked them, Jesus turned it on their heads. Any situation that they faced, Jesus solved it. And now he was saying that it was better for them that he go away. How could that possibly make any sense? They wouldn't have understood it at that time. But Jesus knew that if he went away, that another would come. And that another is spoken of in the scriptures that he's another advocate. He's a paraclete, is the word the Bible says. He's our counselor. He's the one who will guide us and lead us into all truth. Jesus said, it's better that I go away because if I go away, then the other will come. 
And friends, there's a lot of people today that have had an encounter with Jesus, but I don't know if they've encountered the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you, if you've had your sins forgiven, if you have been baptized in water, Jesus said, it wasn't Peter who said this, it wasn't Paul who said this, it wasn't any of the disciples, but Jesus was the one who said, it's better that I go. Think about that. He's the one who said it, because if I go, I will send another, and the Holy Spirit will come, and now I, I will no longer just be with you but, and beside you. I'm now going to be in you. I'm now going to come upon you. I'm now going to empower you to live a new life. And this is what a lot of people don't understand, is that it's God's intention right from the very beginning for each Christian to be empowered by his Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. It was God's intention from the beginning for every single Christian. That means all of the disciples. That means you. And that means me. For all of us, God's intent was that we would receive the gift that Jesus paid such a price to give. Not that we would simply know that there's a Holy Spirit out there, but instead we would receive that which Jesus paid a price and made a way for us to receive. That His Spirit, the very power and Spirit of God, can come and rest on us and cover our flesh and empower us to service. God intended that. Jesus, when He gave His mission... He told the disciples to wait. Nothing was more important to Jesus than sending them out on mission. But yet Jesus told them to wait until the gift was released. And then when the Holy Spirit came, instantly they were out on mission and commission with Christ. Because the power came. And that's God and his intention for you and for me. You know, last Saturday I was out on my my driveway and I was changing the brakes on my vehicle with my son and because my neighbor has a young baby we just wanted to be mindful of that and so I used an old torque wrench and if you've ever used a torque wrench it's helpful because it has torque and power and leverage in order to crack the, the, the bolt but it's still older technology and so we were doing it and it required me to use my legs and to use my back and to push hard until I was able to finally open up that bolt. And we had to do that for each single bolt on each tire. And we got the front tire off and the other one off. And it was a lot of work to take them off and to put them back. And so after we got the front brakes done and it was time to do the back brakes, I knew that, uh, that my neighbor was awake. And so I got this bad boy. I mean, even holding this now brings me joy. Because when you hold this thing, all I have to do is I put on, on the bolt here and I put it on the tire and I don't have to use my legs. I don't have to use my back. I don't have to use my forearms. The only thing I have to use is my finger, hit this trigger, and then instantly the power that's in this gun causes those bolts to spin off fast. It took me minutes and minutes, probably 20, 30 minutes to take the tires off, to put them back on, to tighten everything, to do it manually, and I was tired. But when I used that gun, that air gun, it was seconds, and it was effortless. Friends, that is a great picture of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon me and comes upon you. It's no longer our effort. It's no longer our way of trying to figure it out. But now it's the Spirit of God empowering the church to go forward. On the day of Pentecost, 
When the Spirit of God fell, there was a great noise. There was a wind. The heavens opened up. And when Jesus breathed on the disciples back in John chapter 19 or 20, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that breath took a long time, but eventually it landed because in Acts chapter 2, they heard the wind and then they saw the tongues of fire come on them and they began to speak in other tongues. That caused a crowd to come and people came and they showed up and they said, what's going on? And people thought they were drunk because of the way that they were acting and because of the things that they were speaking. Now remember this, Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost in front of thousands of people. And first of all, he manages to get their attention, which is a miracle. He didn't have a microphone. He didn't have a camera. He didn't have speakers and a sound system. He got up with his own voice and he was able to clamor everyone quiet, get the attention of thousands. And then he speaks a message that was not prepared. He didn't have notes or scrolls in front of him. But out of his heart, he begins to speak the very words of God. Now remember, this is the same Peter who denied Christ three times to a girl by a fire because he was so afraid. This is the same Peter who kept making mistake after mistake. He, he acted before he would think. He had good intentions, but he kept making... Peter gets up. And when he preaches, not only does Holy Spirit speak a word through him, but the Bible says it cut to their heart. It caused them to realize that they missed it and they needed to do something. And they said, what must we do? You know the Holy Spirit's working when people come and they want to come to the altar because God is speaking. And they're asking the preacher, give us an altar call. Holy Spirit was moving. Holy Spirit was empowering them. Brother, how can we think? How can we possibly think that in the earth today that we don't need the Holy Spirit? You know, on the way here, I drove from Whitby to come to Stouffville to preach this message to you today. And all I had to do was I took out my phone and I punched in the address and I put it on the dash on a holder and I hit go and then I had to drive here. And the phone GPS, it literally led me one turn after another. I could pray, I could look at things, I could talk on the phone, I could do all kinds of other things. I didn't have to concentrate because it was the GPS that led me from driveway to driveway and it led me perfectly. That's like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and we don't know what to do. We don't know what's true and we don't know what's false and we hear this and we hear that report and the Holy Spirit guides us. He speaks to us. He leads us every single way that we go. All we have to do is trust Him and receive Him. That's why the Apostle Paul said, keep in step with the Spirit of God because He's the one that leads us. But you know what happens? What happens is I really believe there are many people and many churches and they're wondering why God isn't leading them. And it's because it's like the church is stuck in the driveway and you're asking God to lead you and he's ready to lead you by his Holy Spirit, but you haven't left the driveway. You haven't taken any steps to go forward. Jesus said that signs and wonders would follow them that believe. I wonder if we're not seeing the kinds of miracles and the kinds of answers to prayer and the power that they had on Pentecost, I wonder sometimes if it's because we're not going anywhere and we're not doing anything and we're not relying on the Holy Spirit the way that He wants us to be at work and to be moving. Back when I was pastoring in Ajax, 
we would do these events for Canada Day. And the very first one that we felt led to do, you know, we prayed over that. We felt God had spoken to us that it was time to do that. We wanted to bless our community. We wanted to do a free barbecue and pay for all that. We didn't have a lot of money back in those days, and we didn't know, A, if we'd have the volunteers. We didn't know if we could pay for it. We didn't know all, all the details, if it would all come together. It could rain. It could, you know, there was all these things we didn't know. And so as we were planning it and when we were doing it, guess what happened? We began to pray. Because that idea, that vision, that mission was bigger than us. And we knew we needed help. God showed up that day. It was a great day. It started something. It started a new ministry. The following year, we did it again. We prayed a little bit. God helped us. The third year in, only three years into that, we didn't even pray over the event. You want to know why? Because we got comfortable in doing what we knew we could do. As I travel from church to church to church, I can tell you this. Sometimes I find prayer. A lot of times I don't. And I think the reason why prayer isn't happening more and there isn't more of an earnestness to wait on the Lord and to call on His name and to seek the Holy Spirit and, and, to, and, to, and, to, and to crave His power and to crave His enablement is because we're not doing anything. It's because we're not going anywhere. It's because we're not on the front line of human need. But the church isn't called to be pent up inside of a building. The church is called to go. The church is called to move. The church is called to be a witness. And I believe that when we begin to do that, and if it takes a pandemic to get the church to wake up and to be sent out, let it happen. Because if it wakes us up and it, caused the Holy, and it causes us to crave and to get on our knees and say, God, we need you, cause your Holy Spirit to come. I say, let it happen, Lord, in Jesus' name. God is coming soon. His return is near. These are days of opportunity. These are days of harvest. These are days when the Holy Spirit, I believe, is so ready for his church to wake up. As I was praying for this and thinking of this, I had an image in my mind because I thought, Lord, how can I help people understand how to receive the Holy Spirit in this kind of a format? And God gave me a picture of a, a package, like a parcel. You know, a lot of people are, are, are ordering things online right now from Amazon and Walmart and wherever, and, and, and a package will come through a UPS or a FedEx driver or, or the mail, and it'll come, and they put the package at the door. They won't even ring the doorbell anymore. They just leave it there and they drive away. And God spoke to me and said, listen, my Holy Spirit is like that. It's already been sent. The package has already been sent. It's already been delivered. It's just waiting at the doorstep of God's people to open the door and to let him in. And what needs to happen, friends, is we need to lift up our hands. We need to lift up our hearts and realize that the Holy Spirit has already been sent. You say, well, the early church had to wait and they had to pray and they had to tarry. Yeah, because Jesus told them to do that. Because Jesus knew that there was an appointed time, the day of Pentecost, that fulfilled God's plan, that fulfilled God's purpose in order to pour out His Holy Spirit. But notice, 
When the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was Peter who got up through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and he said, this is what Joel was talking about in Joel chapter 2. He said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters were prophets. He said, this is it. And he preached. And friends, I believe that from that day, from the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit has now been poured out, that the package, that the gift has been sent, and he is now waiting at the door of every single heart who would be willing to open the door and to let him in and receive him. So I want to, as we wrap this up today and conclude, I want to talk to you about how to receive the Holy Spirit. How do we do that, especially now? How do we do that over a screen? How do we do that watching this at home? Well, you know, the, it's the Bible that shows us that in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, as the Holy Spirit was poured out, it's amazing. As some heard the word of God preached the way you're hearing me now, the Holy Spirit came upon people. For other people, it was Paul or Peter, and they came and they laid their hands on people. They touched them, and as they prayed for them, the Holy Spirit came and filled those people's lives. Friends, I can't come to you right now. I can't be in your home. I can't lay my hands on you. So I know that God's plan and his purpose is still to touch you. So I want to ask you to activate your faith. There were many times in my church when I was pastoring where we would pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit and it, it, it didn't happen right then and there. But then they would go home and with nobody around, with nobody touching them, with nobody speaking to them, all of a sudden they began to speak in other tongues and the Holy Spirit began to fill them from the inside. I know in my life when I received the Holy Spirit, what happened is I felt the stirring right here. Jesus said, you will have, have you know, rivers of living water in your belly. And that's what I felt. I felt this stirring up right here. And I felt this desire to say something, but I didn't know what to say. And a lot of people, they fight receiving the Holy Spirit because they overthink it or they think that they have to say a language or they have to say words. And really what's happening is God uses our body as we speak in tongues. He uses my mouth. He uses my jaw and my air, but it's his spirit that gives me the utterance of what to say. So I want to encourage you, as you are seeking the Holy Spirit, God said, I will give my, he, he's already sent it. Jesus said, ask the Father and he will give, no good gift will he withhold from them that love him. And so I'm here to tell you, friends, that it's available if you would just seek the Lord while he may be found. God is ready to pour out his spirit upon you. In Psalm chapter 81, I, th I believe it's verse 10, there's this wonderful scripture that's been upon my heart. And I pray this over you. This is God's heart to us in this last hour of time. In Psalm 81.10, he says, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I was with a man at, at Ottawa Valley Pentecostal Camp and... Uh, we were told to get together in small groups and I went over to this man and right away I felt the Holy Spirit say to him, he's waiting, he's seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I said, sir, I've never met you, but are you seeking the baptism? And he said, why, yes, I am. And I didn't even have enough faith that day for him to receive it, to be honest with you. I said, well, let me pray for you that this weekend that you receive, I didn't even have enough faith for that moment. So I just said, this weekend, 
because that got me off the hook and put it back on the Lord. And I said, this weekend, let's pray that God touches you. He said, okay. So I began to pray for him, and right away, God drew me to Psalm 81, verse 10. And I just said, open your mouth, and God will fill it. And I began to pray. And right away, he started speaking in tongues. And God began to bubble up on the inside of him. And I opened my eyes like this, and he opened his eyes like this. And he goes, I feel something. I said, keep talking. And so he kept speaking, and, and, he kept, and it just kept coming out of him. That afternoon that we were supposed to play horseshoes and we were supposed to do all these different things, we couldn't find him because he was off for three hours in the cornfields just praying in the Spirit. Friends, as we get ready to conclude here today, I'm going to pray for you that God would stir up in you a desire for, your Holy, for His Holy Spirit, that you would recognize this is the last hour of time. This is her moment. This is the time for the church to wake up. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of this last day revival and the only way you're going to do that the only way you're going to fulfill all that God has for you to do is to do it in his power and you're going to need his Holy Spirit to do that so let's pray together Father in the name of Jesus as we come to the end of this message I thank you for the ability to be in all of these homes today God I pray in Jesus name for every heart that would hunger fill Lord for every, every heart that would thirst fill Lord for everyone that wants to be used of God cover them Lord with your Holy Spirit touch them now I pray cause your Holy Spirit to wake up pastors cause your Holy Spirit to wake up the church in this last hour of time God that we would not be dormant that we would not be still but God we would be used one more time to go forward and to see your kingdom come and your will be done Restore us, O oh God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Renew us, O oh God. Cause your face to shine upon us. Turn us back to you, O oh God. And cause your face to shine upon us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.